When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The podcast critics have spoken. Has this guy ever actually interviewed anyone before? And? Wow, that was long. And? I don't have time to listen. Very busy. Sounds like this podcast isn't winning any awards anytime soon. Uh, he did win an award in 2011. Stop living in the past. What else with Corey Mann? Wherever podcasts are sold. Isn't it free? Part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 126 of Sports Yak. 126. That would be the Pee Wee Reese episode. He hit 126 home runs in his major league career. Of course, you're familiar with Pee Wee Reese because he was one of the lead characters in one of your favorite baseball movies, 42, the Jackie Robinson story. Oh, yeah. Us standing here together with our arms locked around each other. My family needs to see this. Yes. That was the scene, wasn't it? Right. And uh, he said he'd stand there with Jackie because maybe they won't know which one is him. Hmm. A couple of tweets. Okay. Before we get started. Great sports yak today, fellas. Interview with Ron, the Wrigley Field Tour Guide, was fantastic. I look forward to hearing him on the show again. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Right. Although you did extend that possibility as a, I did. at I the end him. of the interview. He sent us a very nice uh, follow-up email, by the way. Oh, Chuck. that was kind It of was it. very nice. He enjoyed being on the program, apparently. Uh, Mike Walter writes to us uh, in an email. Love listening to The Yak. I've listened to every episode as a podcast subscriber. I noticed that on the opening of the podcast of episode 124, which I'm listening to right now, the Brickyard says that the race is on August 8th. It's September 8th. Wanted to point that out. Oh. That's my fault. Yeah. Got that wrong. Keep bringing us great sports information and entertainment. That's Mike. Thank you, Mike. You know what I'm going to do for Mike? I'm going to take that email and stick it in the drawing under Brickyard as well for him. For Just in case out. he hadn't done that already. Mm-hmm. Or give him a bonus. A bonus. Right. Or as I like to call it, bonus. Okay. Okay. Are you ready to get things underway, Chuck Friedman? Sure, why not? Let's talk about the Chicago Cubs. So they are in the midst of a very important 10-game road trip. We know the Cubs struggle on the road. They had won the first game of the road trip on Thursday night, slugging out 19 hits to beat the Reds, and then had opportunities on Friday night, didn't cash them in against Trevor Bauer, left eight men on base, lost 5-2, just demolished on Saturday, wasn't even close, 10-1 loss to the Red Legs. And they started out poorly on Sunday. They were really struggling against Luis Castillo, trailing 3 nothing. 
Javi comes up with an RBI double in the sixth. That makes it 3-1, but they leave runners at second and third. And then in the seventh, uh, they get a little something going. Hap leads it off with a double. He comes in to score on a ground out. Couple of runners on base. Cubs trailing 3-2. When Chris Bryant stepped to the plate and delivered. In the air to left. It's deep. It is gone. Chris Bryant, his first home run in Cincinnati in three seasons, and the Cubs have the lead. Chicago goes on to take a 5-3 lead, and they win the ball game 6-3. They split the series with the Reds, who were hoping to close ground and, and make up some ground on the Cubs over the weekend. That didn't happen. The Brewers lost yesterday, knocking them down to third place. And so the Cardinals stay two back of Chicago, in the race in the National League Central. Both teams, the Cardinals and the Cubs, are idle on this Monday. The Cubs will now go to Philadelphia for a three-game set with the Phillies team that is competing for the wild card. The Cardinals go to Kansas City, take on a Royals team, which has played better since the All-Star break but is still one of the worst teams in baseball. Do they play the Phillies tonight? No. I just said that they're both idle on this Monday. Thank so you're you saying they don't play listening. tonight? I only bring that up because my 10-year Facebook memory was me being at a Cubs-Phillies game on this day. Yes. Which they weren't idle. No. Well, they might as well have been because they lost that one, as I recall, from your 10-year Facebook memory. Speaking of the Chicago Cubs, Mm -hmm. I have learned something about myself. When I like something, I chase after it pretty hard. I got the Harry Carey uh, new book at the library on Thursday. Okay. Blew through it over the weekend. Got through the whole thing. And your thoughts. He was a mean man. There are many people who feel that way. Yeah, and this book kind of backed that up with a lot of uh, a lot of quotes and whatnot. And um, I guess what I considered something great, a lot of people just thought it was just bad character towards the end there, just messed up names and messed up cities and drunken broadcasts and one huge ego. Oh, yeah. Big My ego. goodness, what an ego! There was a lot of there was a lot of brought up in this book about uh, GN dishing out fifty grand for a, a limousine for a good chunk of the end of the years of coming and getting him and taking him places or whatever. Okay. Yeah, he didn't he didn't drive. I figured that'd be part of the deal. Well, and and it was. I mean, if you can negotiate it, yeah, then what's the problem? GN didn't have to do that. They chose to do that. Yeah. It, was, it felt like it was a good down the middle, though, people that didn't like him that kind of spoke up in the story and those that actually did find him uh, to be a pleasure to work with. But, you know, I read it over the weekend, got done, and went, oh, okay. Then I Googled on YouTube Harry Carey mistakes and watched a few of those oh, videos. Oh, that's not hard to find. That uh, That brought back some memories. Sure. Sure. My goodness. Well, unfortunately, and especially, let's see, I think it was, he died in 98, and I want to say it was 87 was when he had the stroke. Yes. So he has the stroke in 87. They had a lot of people fill in for him in the booth, uh, a wide array of celebrities, which I actually thought is really when Steve Stone showed just how good a broadcaster he had become. Yeah. Being able to work with all these different people. 
And uh, and when Harry came back from the stroke, he was not the same as the Harry before the stroke. Now, recently, I just watched some highlights of Harry from 1984. Harry before the stroke was still really good. Yeah. They said there was quite a change when he went from the White Sox to the Cubs. He became more of a cheerleader when he went to the Cubs. Oh, yes. Harry with the White Sox. I mean... Sometimes we talk about real talk with Uncle Chuck. Yeah. Harry with the White Sox was real talk. Yeah, him and Reisdorf really kind of... Which is the thing. Bill Veck didn't mind that. Mm -hmm. Jerry Reinsdorf minded it a lot. Yeah, he did. That came came up a lot in this book. That was the end of Harry on the South Side. Mm -hmm. That came up a lot after Harry was gone 10 years. Jerry still had a bug up his butt about that whole season of life. Yeah. But... I just I, I find him fascinating because I'm connected to you and I know that's what you do for a a job and just you know the study of broadcasting and what he brought to it and his ideas and and how beloved he was uh, even more than like the five best players on the team. Well, here's the thing. So Harry in St. Louis got the job because he took over for a guy that was fairly bland. And Harry thought, every time I go to the ballpark, it's exciting. And then I listen to the game on the radio, and it's not exciting. Mm -hmm. It just can't be that I am lucky enough to go to the most exciting games of the year. And so that's how Harry sold himself to the Cardinals. And the Cardinals hired him. And Harry and Jack Buck were a very dynamic pairing in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. And... He did a great job there, but he fell out of favor with ownership. There was some question as to whether Harry did or did not have an affair with the owner's wife. And Harry, you mentioned the big ego, Harry being somebody who didn't mind seeing his name in the headlines as long as they spelled the name right, Mm -hmm. neither confirmed nor denied said rumors. So that only allowed the rumors to persist. He fell out of favor with Cardinals management. He bounced out to Oakland for a year, but Harry and Charlie Finley, that was oil and water. That wasn't going to mix. Came back to Chicago, hired by the White Sox, solely because the White Sox were such a moribund club at that point that they were doing anything they could to find ways to put fannies in the seats. Mm -hmm. He and Pearsall were magic on the air when combined in the mid-'70s. And really kind of took off. And then the White Sox had a pretty good year in 77, so that helped build things up. Uh, But Harry's candor on the air was not appreciated by Jerry Reinsdorf. That's when the Cubs scoop him up, uh, ticking off Milo Hamilton to no end because Milo thought that he was the heir apparent to Jack Brickhouse Mm -hmm. and only had that opportunity for about a year before Harry came over And then Harry, mixed with the fact that WGN had the Cubs on the burgeoning cable network every day, uh, and the Cubs and Braves became, as Ron pointed out, the Cubs and Braves became those teams that everybody could watch across the country. Yes. That just, that stoked the fire. And then, of course, that magical year of 84 really got things going for Harry. Decent book. I obviously got through it in four days, read it in chunks. Who wrote it? Don Zmelda, maybe? Not familiar. Yeah. 
a lot of articles from a lot of newspapers. Sure. Um, oh, there. When he came back from the stroke, they said you've got to lose forty pounds. So he said, uh, no more bread, no more butter, no more sweets, and cut off on the drinking. And Dutchie would start hanging around a little bit more to try to curtail his activities. Right. That did not last long. Quote, I cannot keep up with him. Harry earned that reputation as the mayor of Rush Street for a reason. Yeah. So anyways, there's a little book review. It wasn't bad. Um, I find that I find sports casting fascinating. And you're getting ready to kick off another season here a couple days, right? High school football is coming up in about, well, 10 days. Today is August 12th. Our first game is August 23rd. Elkhart Central and Elkhart Memorial. I had a chance to catch up with the Crimson Chargers over the weekend. It's an interesting season over on California Road. Uh, Scott Shaw's got himself a challenge in that the school is closing at the end of this year. It is consolidating with Elkhart Central. Mm Mm-hmm. So all the traditions of the Crimson Chargers, and for that matter, all the traditions of the Blue Blazers, will kind of be uh, stored away, and they're going to be called the Elkhart Lions next year, for better or for worse. Uh, that, you don't like that name? I Personally, I don't, but they didn't consult me. Mm-hmm. If they would have? I would have tried to have found a way to either be the Crimson Blazers or the... Blue Chargers, uh, try to meld it in to okay. one. Okay. Uh, it seems a shame that you're throwing away both traditions to start anew. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, uh, the Crimson Chargers are, are dealing with the fact that they will no longer be after 47 years. And so uh, one of the things I asked Scott Shaw and his quarterback, Tyler Laner was how they're dealing with that. But I started off with Lane or not with that, but just asking him to fill in the blank on a question. Fill in the blank. Elkhart Memorial will be blank in 2019. Uh, the dark horse. And why is that? I think a lot of people are uh, sleeping on us this year. We're a pretty good team this year, I think. And, uh, you know, we got something special cooking up at Elkhart Memorial. I'm excited for everybody to see. I think it's going to shock a lot of people because the last couple of years, you know, we haven't had the best record, but this year is going to be something different. It's kind of a weird feeling. Uh, you know, it's kind of there's kind of a finality to it. You know, everything that we're doing at Memorial is for the last time for Memorial. So, uh, you know, it 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 leads its or lends itself, I guess, to uh, uh, having something that uh, you know is kind of precious and it's going to go away and you know it's going now that's a positive thing too you know as far as uh coaches and kids and seniors and stuff like that because we can kind of talk about hey this is the last time we're all going to be together as a memorial you know you guys might be together next year but not as a memorial so this is this is history writing itself and uh so far our kids have you know they've responded to that very well but i found scott shaw's answer pretty interesting in that Lots of times, if you have a senior-dominated team, you'll, you'll talk about, hey, this is the last time you're going to be together. Let's make something of this. Well, now you have a whole team where you have this feeling going through. The, this is the last time that we are Elkhart Memorial. Let's make this something special. I thought last year, from the start of the year to the end of the season, Memorial may have been the most improved club in the area. They lost some close games last year and wound up winning three, which for them is the most they've won in a while 
they could be a factor this year. They have a tough opener against Elkhart Central. The Blazers will be considered the favorite in that game, uh, but it doesn't mean it's not winnable for this Charger team, which has a lot of veterans in starting positions. Does Scott know what's going to happen to his future? I think Scott doesn't. He isn't saying for certain what will happen. The look over in Elkhart right now, if I if I had to project what will happen, is I think Scott will probably retire. Josh Shattuck, the head coach at Elkhart Central, will likely become the football coach at the one school, Elkhart High School. I think Kyle Sears, the head coach at Memorial for Basketball, will likely become the basketball coach for the one school, Elkhart High School. I think Will Cody, the girls' basketball coach at Central, will likely have that spot. Dana Homo, the track and cross-country coach, will likely have that spot. A lot of things kind of seem as though they're sorted out pretty well. Not all of them, though. They decide their colors for Elkhart Royal Royal blue and gold. Okay. Who's that closest to Michigan uh royal blue and gold it's got a little bit of Michigan in it um blue and gold of Notre Dame blue and gold's Notre Dame but it's a different shade of blue so okay. I, I think they're they're trying desperately hard to create this new identity mm-hmm. and try to unify everybody that's not going to be easy and I don't know if we've ever touched on this why are the two schools combining? Well, I think declining enrollments at both and, more importantly, declining resources to take care of two high schools. Okay. So it will solve some transportation issues, among other things. That's their hope, at least. Okay. Whether that happens or not, I don't know, but that's their hope. We're giving away tickets to the Brickyard coming up in September. You got some stuff from over the weekend. Well, in NASCAR over the weekend, they were up at Michigan International Speedway. My son, I have not had a chance to talk to him about this because he got home after I went to bed, and then I woke up before seeing him and left the house before seeing him today. But he got to actually attend this race with some buddies. First time that any of us had been to a NASCAR race. And Kevin Harvick gets the win yesterday up at Michigan International, his 47th career win. He's had himself a nice career. Ryan Newman continues a solid season. He finishes 12th. Newman's going to be on the bubble for making the NASCAR playoffs, but in his first year of driving for RCR, Richard Childress Racing, uh, that would be a good thing for him to be able to make the NASCAR playoffs. That would be a step in the right direction for the South Bend LaSalle grad. I have been to the Brickyard five times, uh, my wife with me, and we've done a whole weekend. And I actually enjoy the race on Saturday afternoon more than I do the actual Brickyard on Sunday. Oh, okay. It's a little shorter. Yes. Uh, felt a little faster, um, but it's still a fun time. Still a fun time. Yeah. And we'll give those tickets away right uh, before Labor Day weekend. Is yeah, August holiday? 30th, I believe, is yeah. our giveaway date for that. AP releases their preseason college football poll today. What are you, what are you thinking? Well... <laughs> Clemson and Alabama were 1-2 in the USA Today poll with Georgia 3. I don't see that changing a whole lot for the writers. Notre Dame was ninth in the coaches poll. Michigan was 7th. I'm still trying to figure out how somebody would rank Michigan. And I realize each year is new and a new thing, but Notre Dame's got 
uh, a returning quarterback, uh, a lot of skill position people back, pretty solid on defense with the question mark being at linebacker. But I guess you could make the case that Michigan will be better than Notre Dame, and, and that's the case the coaches certainly made. Uh, Michigan has its quarterback coming back as well. I just think the Wolverines, and I'm sorry, Michigan fans, but the proof is in the pudding. The Wolverines, I think, under Jim Harbaugh, more often than not, have underperformed. And they have yet to win a whole lot of big games with Harbaugh's head coach. So it would confuse me a little bit how you would rank Michigan ahead of Notre Dame. Now, I also understand you can sit there and say, well, you know, where where are the big wins for Brian Kelly as Notre Dame head coach? And I think a lot of people just would say, well, they went 12-0 and last year. Now, it may not have been against the greatest schedule, but they went 12-0 and last year. Notre Dame will be challenged this year by the schedule. Georgia on September 21st, Michigan in Ann Arbor in mid-October, and then having to go to Stanford where Brian Kelly has never won as Notre Dame head coach. In his decade as the Irish head coach, he has never won at Stanford Stadium. Hmm. Notre Dame back on campus? Uh, yes, they are back on campus. They practiced yesterday. They're practicing this morning as well. Trying to get ready. The season for the Irish starts three weeks from tonight when they take on Louisville. So college football is upon us. The first game, Corey, Miami and Florida on August 24th. And then our first game on Pulse FM is on a Friday night, August 30th, when Purdue goes out to the desert to take on Nevada. That's a late night right there. 9.30 start, I believe. Woo! Yeah. Can we talk about what's coming up on the Sports Yak? Hi, Corey. It's Don Fisher. Uh, are you radio? Well, Don Fisher, the voice of the Hoosiers. We were talking about college football. Tom Allen hoping to lead a resurgence at Indiana. And we'll talk with the voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, coming up on our next episode of The Yak. Don, of course, has been there since the early 1970s, so he's he's seen a lot. We'll more than likely talk a little bit about the Bob Knight era, but also get you up to date on what to expect from IU football this year. Maybe even a little bit of an update on IU basketball, because not only do did they just get done recruiting Trey Galloway, but they've got Demise Anderson, the young man out of South Bend Riley High School, playing down there. So we'll talk to Fish. We had a concert over the weekend for Pulse FM. Amy Grant came to town. Mm-hmm. I realize we're both biased because we want to support the station and do what we can, but uh, I, I think you would be honest with me if you thought that it wasn't up to par what were your thoughts on amy grant i've been a longtime fan some of her songs play into my faith walk as a teenager my mom used to take me to see her quite a bit uh but i've i've uh built a friendship with her over the last 10 years so when i get to see her as a friend i enjoy that conversation she teaches me that uh when you are speaking with someone that that's who you need to be leaning into. She really engages with that person. She's not looking over your shoulder like, who else should I be speaking to? And she just finds an interest in you and kind of goes into that. And uh, I always appreciate that about her. But I thought she sounded great. She's taking voice lessons now at 58. You know, like you said uh, on the morning show, she's just polishing it up, you know, trying to last as long as she can. Yeah. And I thought she sounded fantastic. 
No, I thought she did too. I thought she gave a very solid show. I thought of the of the three concerts that we had this year, I would put that one number two. I would as well. Yeah, I would put the July one with We Are Messenger and Crowder at number one. Mm-hmm. Even though Crowder's not necessarily my cup of tea, I just thought We Are Messenger was so strong opening that night. Wholeheartedly agree. That it helped set set the whole tone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would say of, of the headline acts, Amy was number two. It was such a different show, though, than the one with Danny Gokey and 10th Avenue North. 10th Avenue North gave a great show. I didn't, I'll be honest, I didn't care much for Gokey as a lead in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 10th Avenue North gave a great show, but it was so energetic with Michael climbing all over the seats and into the balconies and yeah. things like that. And Amy Grant was more of kind of almost like a coffee shop type of show. A storyteller, folk yeah. music kind of night. Right, right. Yeah. Stellar set list, too. So, so t- tough to compare those two. Mm-hmm. Good crowd, though. Felt really good walking out of there. People seem to be very happy with what they experienced, and hopefully we'll get to do that again next year. We'll see what happens. And and then you have, um, Sunday, you have an event coming up. And Sunday would be your 50th birthday. Do I have an event coming well, up? Well, I'm just saying your birthday. Oh, your okay. Your 50th birthday is yeah. coming up Five oh Sunday. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about turning 50? Um, I'm going through a little bit of... Uh, Amy said something to us in a phone interview two weeks ago about the road behind us is a lot longer than the road ahead of us. There's some stuff I want to do. And uh, I'm starting to get a little bit of fearful that my time is running out. And so I better, you know, buckle up the old belt and, and get after it. Or there's there's just fear of, you know, what if I fail? I wouldn't mind failing at what I'm thinking about when I was in my 20s. Right. I've got people depending on me. Well, there, yeah, there's a huge difference. I've got people depending on me, and I, I just I don't want to put them in that situation. If it were just me... Yeah, but uh, so there's some stuff I want to do. And there was a couple that came up to me after the Amy Grant show, and they were very interested, and they'd heard that I had a children's book a couple of years ago, mm. which I can't believe that was 2015 because it feels like it was last year. But time just... It marches on, my You friend. know, the fact that the twins are in their Seniors. senior year... Thank you. ...blows my mind. And so I want to get back to doing that because it was something I loved, and it was a ton of hard work and um you know but there's stuff i've added in life i love doing this with you i mean people people get the joke i don't know i don't know about sports but i can get you talking about the stuff that people are interested in and uh, it also helps me polish interview skills with me and you doing this every week so i love doing this um i still love doing what we do in the other room right that's helpful because that alarm clock <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. four o'clock gets here early yeah i got a 12 year old at home that still needs a dad to be active and engaged in what he does mm-hmm. you know i still have a, a spouse a wife that still wants you know the man that she married to still be engaged and uh, inspired and inspiring and so yeah a lot to think about by the way switching courses here mm-hmm. i Notice your South Bend Cubs shirt. You were at the game on Saturday night 
for yes. Star Wars night. Yes. Uh, we can go one of two ways with this. I will go the pop culture route. Okay. As a Star Wars aficionado, devotee, admirer, and maven, how did you feel about the way they handled Star Wars night? On a scale of one to ten, mm-hmm. about a four. Okay. Fair uh, enough. Yeah. I mean, the jerseys were kind of cool for the, the Cubs. They had little sound effects and movie clips throughout the night. Like when they'd show a player, they had like a Star Wars character behind them. They brought in some people from Fort Wayne. They call themselves the 501, the 501st. They're all dressed as stormtroopers and whatnot. That was kind of fun. But I mean, it was okay. And they had done it before, Yeah, they've they? done this quite a, a, a lot of minor league teams do a Star Wars night because after George Lucas kind of handed it off to Disney, he kind of let loose on the acquisitions and labelings and, you know, right. let's let you go ahead and do this now and do that. And it was okay. It was just okay. Okay. Yeah. First time I sat in the home run section out in left field. Okay. That was interesting. What did you think about sitting out in the outfield seats? I found it hard to listen to hear what was going on, the echo, the slapback. Mm-hmm. Old JT was calling the game that night. Yeah. It was just tough to hear. But uh, I kind of enjoyed it. I kind of enjoyed there was a there was a um, shelving in front of us you could put your stuff on. Sure. I enjoyed that. Caught up with Dr. Bowling, saw Dr. Rich Bowling. Oh. They had their company picnic that night. So I caught up with him and said hello. Yeah. Did he see you? Oh, he saw me. He saw me. Well, good. He hasn't missed a date night. He's uh, Him and his wife commit to a date night. They've been married 44 years. They've missed 10. Wow. Every Wednesday night is date night for he and his wife. They've missed 10 in 44 years. Good job, Rich. Yeah. That Speaking of Elkhart me. Memorial, we former Elkhart Memorial football and basketball player, Rich Bowling. Six foot seven-ish. Yeah. He's a big boy. His, his nephew is one of the great track stars in the United States. Really? Yes, down in Houston, Texas. And, uh, boy, there was all kinds of video on him in the spring. But that's his nephew. Okay. Back to the Star Wars night real quick. I love that they played the soundtrack as you were walking through the park. Okay. I thought that was pretty cool. There could be more stuff done, but it was was a healthy blend. Well, maybe you should be a consultant to Joe Hart on that for next year. Maybe. We'll see. Maybe they should change it up. They've got a superhero night coming up in September with my pals over at uh, Buy Me Toys. they got a partnership. They're going to do a, a Captain America Cubs bobblehead. Oh, wow. That'll be pretty cool. That'll be a nice collector's item. And a bunch of characters walking around the park doing that. Sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, for me, that about covers it. Feel good? I, it feels as good as it's going to on a Monday. As you know, there's two contests we are allowing you to be a part of whether it's Mark Martell and the Ultimate Queen Experience at uh, Four Winds Casino coming up the first weekend of September, I believe. I believe so. And then, of course, uh, Brickyard tickets. We'll give those away the Friday before Labor Day weekend. Sounds good to me. All you got to do is email us in the subject line. What do you want to win? You want to win Mark Martell? You put Queen. You want to win Brickyard tickets? You put Brickyard. It's that simple, Chuck Freebie. We try to make it simple because we know the maniacs are often very busy people. Thanks for listening. Hit the subscribe button. Leave us a review. Call us at 574-210-7950. Until next time. Ooga Luga. Is this the real life? 
Sportsiac welcomes Mark Martell and the ultimate queen celebration to the Silver Creek Event Center at Four Winds in New Buffalo, Michigan, Saturday night, September 7th. Chuck and Corey are big Queen fans and even bigger Mark Martell fans. So let's put you in the audience that night. Win two tickets to the show. Simply drop us an email at thesportsyak with two Ks at gmail.com. In the subject line, put Queen. Enter as often as you'd like. No purchase necessary. Winner announced Friday, August 30th. Mark Martell's vocals will blow your mind. We are the champions, my and all your favorite Queen songs performed to perfection. Activate your name today with an email to the Sportsiac. Sportsiac with two K's at gmail.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.